In case you've never figured this out, one way to know that God is really working, hallelujah, is the devil really goes to work. Yes. But he's defeated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When you, when you find that every way you turn, you see an enemy, the devil, standing around trying to defeat you, hallelujah. It's time to praise God because you know, hallelujah, God's got big things in plans. Hallelujah. He's got big things in store. Hallelujah. I give him praise today. I exalt him today. He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. What a wonderful, wonderful God. We thank you today. Thank you for being here. And I appreciate you coming out to worship God with us this morning. And uh, praise God. I thank you for coming tonight and worshiping God with us again. And uh, just thank you for everything you do to participate in this church. Hallelujah. I, 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 uh, I love God and, you know, I praise him, but I love to get together with you and praise him. Praise God. I told him Wednesday night, we were talking about Wednesday services and, and I told him, I said, you know, I'll get together anytime. If y'all can get together uh, Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Thursday morning, Thursday night, it don't matter to me. I love to get together with God's people and worship him. And you know what? I believe the scripture says where two or more are gathered in his name. So you know what? It don't take a bunch of us either. Hallelujah. All it do, praise God, it just, just come together in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. I, I just, I, I remember some very special times when it wasn't but just a handful. Hallelujah. When we first bought this property, we were meeting in Eastside High School. And we'd have about 45 or 50 or or so over at Eastside High School on Sunday morning, and then we had to set up and take down, so we'd tear down everything and put it in the trailer and haul it away. And after we bought this property, we'd come out here on Sunday afternoon, and there was a little white house that sat somewhere right along in there where Brother Roy and him are. And uh, there was a living room, uh, you know, it was about uh, maybe 12 by 12 living room, and we put a few chairs in there. Praise God and get together and have the presence. God, some mighty mighty fine presence of the Lord in, in that place. Praise God. Hallelujah. And uh, I don't know what the squirrels that occupied the upstairs thought was going on. Hallelujah. But it didn't matter. We had church. Hallelujah. And I praise God. I praise God that he can, hey, hallelujah. God can meet with us anywhere, anytime. And his presence is real. And I praise him today. Hallelujah. Wednesday, Wednesday morning and Wednesday evening, I shared a message from the book of Nehemiah. We've been talking out of Nehemiah for several weeks in talking about the coming together of the people of God as they came to restore Jerusalem, rebuild the walls, rebuild the gates, rebuild the security of Jerusalem. And then the things that happen as they come together and, and uh, the uh, uh, unity that was produced. And, and uh, Wednesday, we talked out of uh, Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, and we talked about as they come together hungry for the word and the word convicted them and the spirit came down on them and they begin to weep and cry and, and, uh, and Ezra told them don't, don't be uh, saddened, don't be overwhelmed, don't be grieved. The joy of the Lord is your strength, praise God. Uh, and I'm not trying to preach Wednesday morning service, but uh, you know, and then we talked about that, the fact that they came together one day and then they came together the next day to hear the word of God. And, and uh, today 
today, the Lord, I just want to share with you some things the Lord has put in my heart. And, and I'm going to read a, a part of four verses in Nehemiah, but then that's just to set the tone, the bridge from Wednesday to today. Uh, in Nehemiah, the eighth chapter, the 14th verse, after hearing the word of God read the second day, it said, and they found written in the law. Now I'm just going to stop right there. When they, when they begin to read the word, it said, and they found written in the law. And the 15th verse said, and that they should publish. It goes on to say what else they should do. But listen, I want you to just get this thought. They found written in the law and they found that they should. Okay, praise God. In the word of God, there are things that are written. Hallelujah. And there are things that are written. And when we understand them and we come to research them and hear them, it says, and we should do these things. And, and then the 16th verse just struck me so strongly. Uh, it said, so the people went forth. You see, uh, they didn't stop with just hearing it. Uh, they didn't stop with just understanding it, but when they found that it was in the law and they found it was something they should do, it said the people went forth. And the 17th verse, uh, the first phrase in there says, and all the congregation, it was not just a selected few, but it was all of them, praise God, <laughs> hallelujah. And, and then you go read the rest of the verse, but at the very last phrase, it said, and there was very great gladness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, I want to tell you today that I, I want to share with you today that I believe that God is speaking to his people. Praise God. He's speaking through his word. Hallelujah. And we'll find some things in his word. We find things in his word that we should do. We've been talking about the creation. We've been talking about God created us in the Garden of Eden. We found the things in the Word of God that God said He did there in the Garden of Eden. The fellowship that He had with Adam and Eve and, and uh, uh, the brokenness that came from their sin, but yet the God's intentions in their life and the things that God had put there. You'll find things that you should do. Hallelujah. And when you find things in the Word of God that you should do or you find things through the Word of God speaking to your life that you should do, hallelujah, then there should be that 16th verse. The people should go forth. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's something that should happen. It should happen. Praise God. And not just me. Praise God. The preacher is not the only one that needs to obey the word. Hallelujah. Praise God. The deacons are not the only one that need to obey the word. The musicians are not the only ones that need to obey the word. But as the 17th verse said, and all the congregation, praise God, needs to obey the the word. Hallelujah. When the word speaks in your life, I praise God, everyone needs to go forth. Praise God. And I love the last part of that 17th verse. And there was very great gladness. I'll tell you, when we hear the word of God, when we receive the word of God and we uh, understand it and we act on it, it produces gladness in our life. Hallelujah. Again, there's that joy of the Lord that is our strength. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Praise God. I was preaching a, a, a funeral on Monday morning. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not a person who preaches a funeral where I preach people into heaven or hell. I, that's not for me to do. 
is not my judge or anything. I, I, I usually just talk about the Lord. I, I try to make it personal and talk about the individual as much as I know. 101-year-old woman, mighty fine woman, uh, loving, caring woman, uh, family woman, hardworking, uh, obviously honored her father and mother in her life because she lived to be 101 years old. Uh, uh, you know, so there's a lot of great things I could say about Miss Barry, you know. But I, I was talking of it in that funeral, and I found myself saying, and we are judged according to our works. And I realized that I was in a, in a, in a, a congregation of people that maybe would resist that. You know, would resist the works, uh, the oh, idea of works. And uh, so I just, I didn't spend a lot of time there, but it just was, it was just part of the phrase that came out because the good works of, of an individual speak for who they are and we make judgments by their works. I know there's a lot of people who would say, now, Brother Dare, you're going to start preaching that we ought to have good works in my life. No, stick with me for a moment. Praise God. Uh, you know, but I want to tell you, the word is very clear. Revelations, the 20th chapter, the 12th verse. It said, and I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Didn't write it. I'm just reading it to you. So your works, what you do, what you produce, what comes forth out of your life is going to speak for you when you stand before God. There is going to be a determination about you, not that I will make or not that Brother Timothy or will make or Brother Ted will determine. Yes, we make judgments about people and we have relationships based on the fruit we see coming out of their life. But you see that all important appointment is out there for each of us when we will stand all small and great. Hallelujah. Uh, everyone before our maker, praise God. And the book of life is opened up. Praise God. And the Lord makes his determination. The Lord makes that judgment call in your life according to the things that were produced in your life, according to the works of your life. James said it like this in second chapter in the 17th verse, even so faith, if it hath not works is dead being alone. You can sit and you can say, I believe in God. Hallelujah. You can sit, I believe in the power of God. I believe who God is. I believe that he's one. I believe he's alpha and omega. I love that song we sung. He's alpha and omega. I believe he's beginning and end. You can believe all day long. Hallelujah. But if it doesn't produce some action in your life, faith without works is dead. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Now, today I want, to, I want to stop right here before I get anybody entangled and, and upset and mad at me. Praise God. Hallelujah. I, I'm not talking about today uh, what we would normally call about a, a, a good works, you know, that says, well, I'm going to go out and, and, and I'm going to feed the poor and I'm going to do this and, 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 and sit with the lonely and all those things. All those are things that we should do. But what we're speaking of today is that when you have faith and you have uh, the understanding 
understanding of the word, it's going to produce something. Uh, uh, It's going to produce an action. It's going to produce a results in your life. And without that results, hallelujah, the faith is empty. The belief is empty. The knowledge is empty. James 4 and 17 says, Therefore to him that knoweth, knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. To him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is a sin. Uh, Often referred to as the sin of omission, that uh, there is something in your life. You know, a lot of times when we talk about sin in modern day terminology, we think that's something that you've gone out and done. You've, uh, you've gone out and robbed the bank or, or, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, kill somebody or whatever, you know, extremes or whatever, gone out and hated someone or, or lost your temper and, and got ugly and angry and all those things that sin, you know, but, uh, this scripture speaks of a sin that is the sin of omission, the man that knoweth to do good. You know that there's something you ought to do. There is something that's been commanded in your life. There is a a calling in your life. God speaks to you and has asked you uh, uh, to do something specifically and you you don't do it. It's a sin. Hallelujah. In 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter. In 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter, we find Samuel who has sent out Saul. And he sent Saul to, on the commandment of God and told him, he said, Saul, you go out and you fight the enemy. And when you go out, you destroy everything. You take, and uh, uh, me and Brother Doug was talking about this the other day. The Bible was pretty cruel. I mean, it was pretty, you know, when we read these Bible stories, they're very definite. It's, uh, it's hardcore, you know. Uh, he said, you go out, you slay everything. You kill the men, the women, the children, uh, the animals, the dogs, the cats, the, the sheep, uh, uh, the king, you kill everything. You destroy it all. You annihilate the enemy. You just totally take it all out. Hard to conceive of, but that was the instructions were given. Saul, in his great wisdom, decided there was some good stuff there. He collected some of it. He took some of the best and he said, well, I'll just have a sacrifice. I'll just go back and offer a sacrifice to this God that is fought for us. And, 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 and oh, by the way, I'll save the king. I'll take the king with me as a trophy of victory. When he comes back to Samuel, Samuel hears the, the sheep bleeding and, and, and he uh, begins to ask Saul about uh, what he's done, if he's fulfilled the things that he was commanded to do. And, and Saul said, well, uh, you know, we killed everything except we kept the best because we're going to have a, a offering, a sacrifice to God. We're going we're gonna to offer something up to God. And, and I know God's going to be pleased, you know, because uh, we kept their very best for him. And oh, by the way, we got the king here too, you know. And the scripture in 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter, the 22nd verse, Samuel said, Hath God as great a delight in burnt offering and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. 
Hallelujah. Uh, buried in uh, uh, a scripture uh, wording from the Old Testament, but uh, very specific and very direct. Listen, don't, no matter what sacrifice you may have come up with, no matter what you think you may be able to offer God, no matter uh, what uh, effort you make, you may put forth and, and it might be pleasing to the Lord. Hallelujah. If it's not in obedience to God's direct command, if you're not following the direction of God, hallelujah, praise God, you're not pleasing the Lord. In this case, Samuel had to take and destroy uh, all the things that Saul had brought back. And Samuel himself uh, wound up taking the head off of the king in order to fulfill the obedience to God. Hallelujah. And Saul had created a great breach between him and God from that day forth because he chose rather than to obey God, but to do it his way. How many of us today, let me just insert this. How many of us today may be doing something our way as opposed to being obedient to the instructions of God? How many times has God spoken into your life? How many times has God wooed you and drawn you to him? And you analyze, you analyze, you reconcile, and decide, well, I'll do it this way. But God says, to obey me is better than any sacrifice you'd ever make. To hearken to my word is better than the fat of rams, the offering that you might make. Hallelujah. Obedience to God. Praise God and hearing what he says. Hallelujah. Now, uh, today, uh, the Lord has, has, has really begun to speak into me uh, uh, about some things here that uh, about us and where we are today uh, and who we are. Praise God. You see, we have much knowledge. Uh, uh, there's probably not a person out here, hallelujah, uh, in this audience today that has not sat under the teaching of the word that you haven't heard at least 10 sermons, uh, uh, you know, maybe 25, uh, maybe 50 sermons, but some, most of us, all of our life, we've been sitting and hearing the Word of God. We've heard it taught. We've heard it in Sunday school classes. We've heard preachers preach it. We've heard evangelists uh, uh, preach it. We've heard it on the television. We've heard it on the radio. We've heard it, uh, praise God, we've read books about it. Uh, uh, there is no lack of knowledge in, in terms of being exposed to the Word of God and the instructions from God. Hallelujah. I, I want to tell you, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's like uh, was said to me the other day, if I just walk out what I already know, uh, I'll be doing pretty good. And I want to tell you that says absolutely true today. It's not what you know that's going to make the difference, but it's what you do with what you know that's going to make the difference in your life. Hallelujah. I want to tell you today, I don't think there's any lack of, uh, uh, of, of exposure to the word in the church of the living God in America today. Certainly, uh, uh, not in, in our area, praise God. The word has gone forth, uh, praise God. Even, I, I won't, I, I'll say something here today. You know, I, I think sometimes that we get this idea, well, you know, the whole world's deceived except me. The whole world's deceived except me. Everybody else is confused. I think so. My God, for all the history of time, has been able to take and get his message through. 
Hallelujah. He'd been able to use whatever instrument from a donkey, hallelujah, uh, to a scribe, to a, 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 a handwriting on the wall. The Lord is able to deliver his word when he desires to do so into the life of an individual. I think there are people that are sitting in congregations all over this nation today. That uh, Those congregations, if you were to get down into the heart of them, uh, uh, they may even uh, uh, be corrupt, but yet the word of God is, is there and God sees a heart of an individual there, a hungry heart. Hallelujah. And if you have a hunger for the word, the Lord will deliver his word into your life. Praise God. You'll receive it. Hallelujah. It may be uh, uh, just through a Bible that's left open. It may be a track that you find somewhere uh, hung on the bathroom stall of, of, of a restroom somewhere. It doesn't matter. I will tell you, God will deliver his word to you and there is no shortage of exposure to the word of God. What there's a shortage of is what we're doing with the word of God. Amen. Our actions, our works with the word of God is a lacking. I thought about this congregation of individuals and people that come and sit for weeks and weeks and weeks and it's obvious that God's presence moves on them, you know? Uh, not trying to make you sensitive, but you don't sit there. Huh. Hallelujah. Praise God. You don't sit there totally disguised. Praise God. The Lord exposes you. Hallelujah. You know, when your face gets red and you start squirming or them tears start flowing down your face or, and, and or, you know, the ladies are wiping that black stuff that runs down their cheek or whatever it is, you know, uh, and, and, and the men sitting there and their nose is, you know, getting red or whatever and, 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 and or just that look comes on your face, praise God. I know that God's spirit is speaking down into your heart. Hallelujah. And praise God. I thank God that he's speaking into your life. I thank God that you hear what he's saying. I thank God that you've taken the time to come out here and sit in here. And you know what? Praise God. If you'll come back next week, I'll sit there with you again because I want you to be exposed to the word of God. There is no uh, 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 hang up here, hallelujah, that I really want to see everyone exposed to the word of God. But you know what? You can be exposed all day long until you get up and walk in that that you're exposed to. It matters nothing in your life. You could quote scripture. You could know it by heart. You could know it from cover to cover. You know, you could be able to tell me, to, you know, it wouldn't take very much for you to be able to run circles around me in quoting scripture. Uh, you know, I've come to uh, rely on the electronic Bible, you know, pretty much used to. I had one of those that was been marked up so much that I could find things based on the marks. I knew that uh, where they had a little yellow highlight over here about this far down the page that's over here somewhere where scripture, I thought I had that pictorial memory. Uh, I then got used to electronic and I I can key a couple of words in and boom, there it is. A while ago, I just got ready to preach and I brought my Bible up and it said, unfortunately, my sword had stopped. And I said, that is unfortunate. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be real unfortunate unless I convince it not to stop. But, you know, but you could know the word. You could just have every scripture memorized, a photographic memory of the word of God. But unless you could take that scripture and walk in what it says. Unless you desire and you want and you stand up and you take action on that word, 
it doesn't, it doesn't produce results. It's, it's not going to amount to anything. It is faith without works. It's faith without action. Uh, you know, today, I, I would say that uh, in a congregation the size that we have, we have people who have come in to our congregation who you, you have a life of sin. You've, you've lived a life of sin. You have a background. And, and guess what? All of us have been there at one point in time or another. Every last person in here is a sinner saved by grace. But you may be new and you may have just come around for a short period of time and, and, and you may have a, a recent past that uh, is plagued with sin. And, and uh, you've heard us talk about the forgiveness of God. You've heard us talk about the grace of God. You've heard us talk about repentance, the covering of the blood of Jesus. We've heard us talk about repentance and baptism in the name of Jesus for your sins to be remitted and the empowering of the Holy Ghost, praise God, to take place in your life. You've heard those things and, and you think, man, uh, man, I, I'm glad I know that story. I'm glad I know that answer. I'm glad I know that solution. I'm glad I've been exposed to it. And I'm excited because I, I found out an answer that, you know, that sin that I got and that thing I've been filtering, I don't have to feel guilty. And you heard us sing. My chains are gone. They're fell aside. I've been set free. I've been delivered by the uh, blood of Jesus. We've heard us rejoice in that. And it may sound good to you, praise God. But until you say, hey, I'm going to walk in that. Yeah. I'm going to stand up and take action in that. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm going to go to that altar no matter who says, uh, looks, think, well, no matter what anybody thinks of me. I'm going to cry out to this God that they said will forgive me of my sin. I praise God. I'm going to ask forgiveness. I'm going to receive his blood and his, his, his forgiveness in my life. Hallelujah. I will go to that baptism of poo. I will let myself be buried in the name of Jesus and my sins washed away. I will receive that great gladness. Why? Because you rise up and you go forth and you do what the word has spoken into your life. Amen. In our congregation, we've got some seasoned professionals. You know what happens to firewood as you season it? It gets hard. Hallelujah. Just harder and harder. We got some seasoned professionals. Hallelujah. Y'all supposed to smile at least when I said that. Hallelujah. We've, we've sat around for years and we've heard the word of God. We've talked about walking in the authority and the power of the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, uh, we've gone so far with the Lord. We've gone to this degree. We can have got a little check box. We can check it off, you know, in our self-righteousness. We can identify with this or that or the other. When I preach about baptism, repentance and baptism in Jesus' name, hallelujah, we can raise our hand and jump up and down and shout, hallelujah. But yet we're walking around powerless defeated and not walking in the authority that God created us in in the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. Think about Nehemiah now. Hear the word. We hear the word. We hear what the word speaks to us. We hear that we should, hallelujah. Praise God. We rise up and go. The whole congregation rises up 
and goes. Praise God. The whole congregation rises up and obeys that word. Hallelujah. And it brings great gladness. Hallelujah. And the joy of the Lord is our strength. You want to walk in authority and power. Hallelujah. You want to walk, praise God, victorious in Jesus. Hallelujah. Obey what the God of heaven has spoken to you. Obey what he spoke to his scriptures. Obey what he speaks into your life. Praise God. I thought as I was preparing for this message, you know, that... You know, our body, the body of Christ, the church is like the body of Christ. The church is the body of Christ, and it's described that we're many members. Many members, many callings, many gifts, things that you could do that I can't do, things God anointed you to do, things God expects you to do, things God called you to do. Hallelujah. Things I'd be lost trying to do. Hallelujah. Praise God. I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be a good substitute. But we're all parts of this body and we're all joined together. But you know what? It takes, it takes every part. Hallelujah. Obeying the word and doing what the word has spoken to them. Obeying that calling that God has placed in your life. Praise God. Obeying the, uh, the very thing that God has spoken to you as an individual uh, and, and, and inspired and, and moved in your spirit to do. And I dare say today, yeah, I believe in my perception of what God is doing in the church. Hallelujah that there's a whole lot of people sitting right out there right now. If you'll just stop for just a moment, you can think of things that God has put into your heart to do for his kingdom, praise God, that he's moved on you and you felt so strongly, I really ought to. Then the people go forth. The people rise up. And look what happens when the whole congregation rises up and responds to the Word of God and do what the Word speaks. It brings great gladness in the body of Christ. It brings joy. It brings a joy unspeakable and full of glory. Praise God. And it brings that strength, hallelujah, that comes from the joy of the Lord. Hallelujah. There's one particular setting I want to take you to in the New Testament, and I'll be... Very quick with this in Luke, the 18th chapter. Beginning in the 18th verse, it says that a certain young ruler, a certain ruler asked him, saying, good master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Good question. What shall I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why callest thou me good? None is good save one, and that is God. The 20th verse, thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery, do not kill, do not steal, do not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother. And he said, hallelujah, there's ruler. Oh, he said, all these I've kept from my youth up. I got that one, God. I got it down. Put, my check, put a check mark in that box. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank God. In Jesus' name. Now when Jesus heard these things, he said unto him, Yet lackest thou one thing. Sell all that thou hast, and distribute unto the poor, that thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, follow me. 
Now, you know, we can get tangled up in that and say, well, you know, I don't remember anywhere in the Old Testament where there was a rule that said sell all you have and give it to the poor. Uh, and, you know, uh, even today, you know, I wouldn't tell you up here, I wouldn't tell y'all to sell everything you got to get, and give to the poor. I, uh, although last night I saw early in the middle of the night when I was studying and, and I saw a little video clip about a, a man that he's called the uh, homeless preacher. And, and it's a nice looking young man, lives on the street in some city. Uh, he's done ministered. He's done gave of himself so much that he has absolutely nothing. He has homeless at this point. But every night about 1130, he gathers with the homeless people and preaches to them. And if he gets, and he works a little odd, odd jobs and raises money, and he takes all the money that he gets, and he gets bread and, and, and food, and, and he preaches to them and gives them food, and he lives right out there on the street in a little camp with the rest of them, and, and he said, I don't have anything. He said, I don't need anything. Everything I got, I, I, I give to somebody. He said, I don't need any money. He said, you know, I don't need it. Somebody, the reporter asked him, said, uh, do you ever felt like you're taking advantage, uh, that people take advantage of you? He said, absolutely. Everybody takes advantage of me. That, that's not the problem. I'm here to give of myself. Okay, so, you know, it, it, it's, 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 it's fathomable that there could be somebody who would sell all that they have and get to the poor. But today, I don't want you to get entangled in that, in that particular commandment. I just want you to understand that Jesus spoke to this man, a man who come to him and said, what do I need to do to inherit eternal life? Hallelujah. And Jesus says, you know the scriptures, praise God. You've been sitting in church. You sat through Sunday school. You know to repent of your sins and, and be baptized baptized in Jesus' name and, 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 and be filled of his spirit. You know, hallelujah, that you need to do this. You need to honor your father and mother. You know the commandments. And, oh, man, I got that check. One thing you lack. One thing you lack. thought it's interesting when Jesus says to him, one thing you lack, he says, go and sell everything you've got, distribute it to the poor, and then Jesus doesn't add anything. He finally gets to the point. He said, come, follow me. Jesus knew that that man could never come and follow him as long as he had all the stuff that he had. So let's get rid of your load, take up your cross, give of yourself, give everything you got away, get rid of the hindrances, and come, follow me. The very next scripture outlines and says, and when he heard this, he was very sorrowful, for he was very rich. You see, this man could not get over the point of what he had in order to follow Jesus. Now, uh, you know, uh, philosophically, we could debate the scriptures all day long, but let's don't get tangled up in the intricacies of what each of those phrases mean today. But let's just embrace that he has a knowledge now that he didn't have earlier when he asked the question. But that only way that knowledge is going to do him any good is that he takes action on it. That there's some works that follow. It says this man went away sorrowful. Why? Because he wasn't willing to listen to and receive and take action of what the Lord has spoken to him. Today, I want to tell you there's great sorrow in the, in the world and there's great sorrow even in the church. There's regrets and there's restraint in our lives because we ask the Lord, he speaks to us, but yet 
We won't give. We won't go. We won't rise up. We won't take action. We will not have works to follow our faith and our knowledge. It's not the lack of knowledge. It's the lack of works. It's the lack of action. Hallelujah. James says it this way in James 1 and 22. Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. When you hear and you don't do, you're deceiving yourself. In James 1 and 23, he says, For if any man be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's likened to a man beholding himself in a natural glass, in a glass, Hallelujah. And goes away and, and, and forgetteth what manner of man he is. You don't have to be that way today. When we hear the word, we can respond. James 1 and 25 says, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being found not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. Listen to that. Do you hear it? Praise God. But whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continuing therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed indeed. I want to tell you, God is calling. He's calling some people, some individuals. There's some young rulers here today who said, Lord, what do I need to do to be an overcomer? Hallelujah. Some of the things the Lord's spoken to you, you've heard and you've said, check, I got that. But the Lord's speaking to some of us and he's saying, but one thing thou lackest. Hallelujah. Whatever it takes, get it out of the way so that you can follow me. Hallelujah. A hearer, hallelujah, a receiver, and a doer of the Word of God. Hallelujah. You know, I love people who love to talk about the Word. I could stand and talk about the Bible, and it just, you know, it just amazes me to just look at the Word and what it says. I don't enjoy it. Uh, I enjoy people. I, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm impressed when you can sit there and just spout off Scripture and just quote Scripture. Praise God. Uh, there have been a lot of people in my life that I've known that, you know, can just, they, they know that Scripture, they could quote it. Hallelujah. I'll tell you where it really is effective is when you are a doer of what you know. When you are, take it into action in your life. You stand up and you respond to the word of God. Church, God is calling us as a people. Hallelujah. Praise God to take action on what we know. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Uh, uh, Anybody in this church today that you are under a load of sin or guilt, Hallelujah. It's not because you don't know. You do know. You have heard it preached. Hallelujah. God is calling you to take action in what you know. Hallelujah. Faith without works, without action is dead. Hallelujah. One of the things that we have a tendency to do, and I'll conclude with this today, is so often we look around and we compare ourselves to others. We look around and we identify what others are or are not doing. Critical mistake. Critical mistake. Critical mistake. 
to look at other people and, defi- and, and make your decision based on other folks, praise God, is, is one of the most critical mistakes you can ever make. Hallelujah. What we must do is respond to him, to him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not. To him it is a sin. Hallelujah. God is calling us into action today. He's calling each and every one of us. Some of us need to dust off our calling. We need to dust off our ministry. We need to dust off the burden that God has put in our life, pull it back out, and go forward. Did you know that hardly ever will you see anybody ever go past their point of disobedience? A point of disobedience with God is usually the stopping point in your relationship with him until you correct the disobedience. Alarming, but that is true. This young man, we never read about him again. He never, never hear. He goes away sad. Saul's ministry, Saul's leadership crumble from that day forth because never going back and correcting disobedience Hallelujah. I want to tell you, it's a serious thing. Church of the living God today, God's calling us today to hear his word and respond and put action into our calling from him. Let us stand together today.